Right, so about five seconds ago, I was saying, wait, 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 95, 97? <laughs> what is it? This is episode 98 of In The Movement Podcast. Uh, I'm Peter Shepard of In The Movement Blog at blog.co.uk. I'm here uh, with... I'm Callum Reid of ultimateally.com. Mm-hmm. And it's a sign of a, a good podcast um, when you forget what number it is. <laughs> when, you, when you're that disorganised. <laughs> <laughs> but it's at least we've gone on quite a while. Yeah, but in my defence, I was busy actually writing down stuff that were uh, a few notes for later, uh, which is why I wasn't concentrating on what week it was. Because she's so organised. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because we've got lots of um, digressions planned for this week, so we've only got three films. And by planned, he means hope. hopefully I'm, we're going to come out with. Yeah, no, actually they're not planned at all, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you'd think they were. I can bet what might come up, though, just really? because what usually does. Really? Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got three films today. Okay, there's a sweepstake being taken out from all our list- listeners as to when I'm going to mention Wong Kar Wai, and it just happened, so <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we should have, like, a bingo thing. Do <laughs> yes. bingo cards and... Judy Greer, every time Judy Greer, Judy Greer's the bonus Actually, ball. Judy Greer's not been mentioned in quite a while. I know, I, I know. think you're neglecting her. I really am, it's disgraceful. <clears throat> and she's not doing any films, so cinema is generally neglecting her right now. Mm. She must be in a TV show. I seem to remember um, seeing her tweet something about starting a TV show, I'm not sure. Wasn't she in Carrie, the Julianne Moore one? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, what was that, September or something? Mm. That's That's... Still a while ago. Considering she's a um, character actress, you'd think she'd get in about four four films a year. Yeah. Mm. I might have a quick IMDb later, mm. just to surprise you. Yeah. Okay. Teach, um, teach me about um, Judy Greer, the, the dame. <laughs> okay, Um. this week, football is over for the foreseeable for about three weeks. about... <laughs> <laughs> No, not even. You've got the FA Cup final, then you got the Champions League final, then you got um pre World Cup friendlies, then you got the World Cup. Football is never gonna die this summer. So yeah, so we're probably gonna mention it every week actually. Yeah. Um but yeah. Mm. And we're probably not gonna see any films when the World Cup starts. <laughs> no. Oh god. Let's <laughs> just piece together some things. It's good though, because it's gonna be on late. I thought you were gonna say because we're only gonna have three matches. <laughs> <laughs> That too. <laughs> but they're going to be on later, so it's yeah. going to be a bit easier. Yeah, that England-Italy at 11 o'clock on Saturday night is going to be carnage. With the pubs open. Yeah. Late, yeah. And the day before, at 8 o'clock on the Friday, I think it's Spain-Holland or something stupid. Mm. Awesome. Okay, news this week. We have mm. some music news um, of a Eurovision nature. Yeah. This is, have you seen this? Uh, I saw stuff on Twitter. Okay. The Austria have won Eurovision, um, which I quite like the song. But um, speaking of football, basically, the last time Austria won Eurovision, do you want to guess the year? 1968. <laughs> 1966. Okay. Oh, oh, I see. Right. And also in 1966, Real Madrid won the European Cup. <laughs> oh, God. Atletico Madrid won La Liga. Oh, no. Well, neither of those are going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see. Mm. But there's controversy about Austria because the guy who won um, is kind of dresses as a woman um, 
but also has a beard. Right. Which seems to offend some people. Russians. Russians, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Russia also got quite heavily booed. Really? Whenever they got any points, yeah. Just, just for being Russian. <laughs> Invading Ukraine. Just for general bigotry and, um, yeah. So, I'm guessing you're not a Eurovision fan. Um, I don't dislike it, but put it this way, I chose to rewatch Silver Linings Playbook rather than watch Eurovision uh, wow. on Saturday night. How did that go? Not well, um, considering I was um, trying to, I, I was getting my parents to watch it. All oh, right, <laughs> and um, <laughs> my little nephew was staying the night in the next room, so every every, every time there's a, um, it was just considering the film is essentially. Uh, a load of scenes of people arguing interspersed with a load of scenes of big loud rock music <laughs> I was continuously turning it down <laughs> because of my little, my little two and a half year old nephew have, so, um, have we got any renewed optimism for Jennifer Lawrence on the podcast oh god no <laughs> still underwhelming well her backside isn't but I mean <laughs> that was always the point <laughs> Okay, um, we have some kind of project news, a new project for Reese Witherspoon, which I wouldn't ordinarily mention, even though I love Reese, mm. but it also stars Sofia Vergara. Oh, and I thought it was quite a bizarre combination. Basically, it's going to be directed by Anne Fletcher, uh, of great renown. Mm. Um, um. And the working title is called Don't Mess With Texas. Mm. And it's described as a race through Texas um, with Witherspoon and Vergara playing. Witherspoon's the up, uptight cop trying to protect Vergara, um, who's a widow from a drug kingpin. So it's it's like a combination of Midnight Run and The Heat. Right. How can it lose? <laughs> But I just thought it it was a really, really strange choice, casting choice, to pair them two well, together. Well, like Aaron Johnson in the lead of anything. And Blake Lively. Oh, my God. I've forgotten about Savage. I was actually referring to Godzilla there, but... <laughs> <laughs> Next week. Yeah, well, Watson, run for the hills. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie Olsen's in the house. Double Lizzie Olsen next week. Oh, God... <laughs> Therese Therese Rackham yeah and and Jessica Lang in Therese as well preconceptions oh right okay I was going to say not anymore (laughs) (laughs) that ship has sailed (laughs) Um, yeah so we'll see how that one turns out (laughs) yeah we will (laughs) yeah and last bit of news everyone's favourite actress Jessica Chastain is on Twitter really yes it's Jess J-E-S underscore Chastain. Jez? Yeah. Jess must have been taken. So, and she's quite prolific Is is all that she does, like, like, just do random quotes from the Tree of Life? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, she About the way of nature and the way of grace. (laughs) She's got both. (laughs) But I think she was mentioning stuff about Miss Julie. Um, oh god, I forgot about that. Yeah. Is um speaking of Liv, is that German thing online yet? Yeah, I saw it. I reviewed it. 
Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. What's it called again? Two something or other? Two Lives. Zwei Leben. Zwei Leben. She's good in it, as she would expect. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, are we going to start by talking about some sporting documentaries since yeah. we have one today? Yeah, we, we're, um, we're looking around for, for films because there isn't a tremendous amount out this week. But uh, View and Cineworld Cinemas this week is a, uh, a British documentary uh, called Next Goal Wins. Which is about uh, a team trying to qualify for the 2014 uh, Football World Cup. Uh, so, because uh, we've got that and we don't have much other things to talk about, it's just a brief little conversation on uh, sports documentaries in general, slash the good ones. Well, you draw a bit blank here. So, the, the two Oscar y ones yeah. um, that immediately leap to mind that I don't think are amazing, but I think are uh, worth mentioning are uh, Hoop Dreams and Murder Ball. Yeah, I, I did actually watch, I feel terrible about saying this, but I watched about 40 minutes of Hoop Dreams mm. and fell asleep. Yeah. Um, and it because, it, not because I didn't, wasn't interested in it, I was just tired at the time and I ended up sending it back mm. to the DVD rental place. So I feel, I do feel a bit guilty and I really like the interrupters, so we'll get around to that. Mm. Now, the thing with me and Hoop Dreams, I think I watched this when I was about... Oh God, I was still at my old house. I was 17 or 18. And I didn't have any interest in basketball whatsoever. Uh, mm. I think I would appreciate, I think I would appreciate it more now. Being yeah. more into American sports, knowing more about the college system, blah, 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 blah. Having watched Coach Carter. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that great social comment movie. Coach yeah, Carter. Well, that, that's one of my dad's favourites. Starring <laughs> Ashanti. Oh my God. Isn't Tatum in that? Is he? Someone like that. Must have missed that. Oh, I can't remember. Um, but, anyway. But it's... isn't Hoop Dreams more about the social stuff? Yes, 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 yeah, but the whole yeah. driving point behind it is that they, they want, they're trying to get college scholarships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Murder Ball, I remember, this, this got Oscar nominated, didn't it, in 2000, I want to say five. I think it was on the shortlist. I don't know if it did. Did it? Really? I'm not, I, I'll, I'll check. It probably, mm, I'll check yeah. while you... Uh, I was a little underwhelmed by this one. This was... Um, it was shown on TV at the time. I think it's an MTV films one. And uh, you can you can really tell, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. And um, I don't know. I think it's just um, the overt Americanness of it just, just put me off. Oh, so it's wheelchair rugby? Yes. Okay. It did mm. get nominated. It, mm. it lost... Um, well, my favourite that year was Darwin's Nightmare. I thought that was a superb, uh, superb documentary because uh, it doesn't. It makes its point without spoon feeding you. So he, he, you can just tell because it's just the guy behind the camera, and from the questions that he asks, you can fundamentally get his point. Hmm. Um, I'm just having a quick look here at what it was up against. What it lost? It lost to March of the Penguins. Yeah, Grizzly Man didn't get nominated. Grizzly Man, great film, didn't get nominated. Um, March of the Penguins. I mean, I like March of the Penguins. It's not setting the world alight. No, it, yeah. well, it did at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> and then more on that later. Um, more on that later. Wallet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and also Enron. Which a lot of people have time for. I do have time year. for that. I, I like that one. Uh, there was a good year for Docs. Mm. Mm. 
Um, yes, yeah, so the sports ones I like. Uh, these are all uh, these are the the sort of like four five, four slash five star ones for me. Uh, when we were kings is probably the best one. For boxing, me. yeah. They're boxing. It, when, it's about the rumble and the jungle. I think I mentioned it on the podcast before. Must right. have done. Must have done. And so it just shows it from um, all the uh, people who went out there, all the journalists, and uh, uh, intercuts the. Uh, or, interviews with everybody a lot of people who were there with the actual stock footage of what was happening and it's um even if you don't like boxing it, it, it gets across the uh the pageantry and all the uh, subtext uh, behind the fight as opposed to the legendariness of the fight itself the banter mm. the bants <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know if this counts uh because it's a wrestling but beyond the mat have you seen that one rest i would say wrestling is a sport mm, but professional wrestling isn't yeah. So it, yeah uh um, so yeah I've not seen that. No. Yeah, beyond the mat, it follows. It's uh, it's 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 by the bloke who did the voiceover on Boy Meets World, <laughs> and um, he's got this really distinctive voice. And basically, it's it's him uh, basically doing a love letter to professional wrestling. It's in 1999, and it it's uh in three different sections. It follows uh Mick Foley, uh Terry Funk, and uh Jake the Snake Roberts. And uh, it just really gives them. Uh, this would be a really good uh, companion piece to watch with the wrestler in a in a double bill. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, lo- lovely stuff. And then uh, I can't even read my writing. Oh yes, Kasparov and the Machine. Which chess? I, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Now uh, the other one that I could you could mention is did we do this on the podcast? Uh, the Bobby Fisher one, searching for Bobby Fisher. Is that recent? Last couple of years, yeah. No, I don't think we did. Unless you did, I don't think so though. I think I def- I think I blog reviewed it. I don't think we. Did. I don't think I did it on here. Anyway, that's a that's an interesting enough um, documentary. But this Kasparov and the Machine, that's it's really 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 good because it's about when um, uh, was it Apple's Deep Blue or IBM's? I think it's IBM's Deep Blue machine, and yeah. uh, it it shows all the cloak and daggerness of it all and how. Um, what they, what this sort of like conspiracy theory is, is that cast, if you basically had a chess grandmaster t- uh, telling, if you had the, so the machine does, runs all the uh, possibilities and then the chess grandmaster can like override it before it does a move, it would be unbeatable. That might be quite good in a double bill with computer chess, actually. Yeah. Or <laughs> actually, strangely, a man on wire, it's got that sort of um, Ooh, yeah. en- energy to it and in, in sort of time and place. With Kasparov, it's just, it's, but it's, it's, it's it, again, I, I don't particularly, I mean, you know, it got me wanting to play chess, let's just put it that way. Mm. Mm. I, I don't uh, mind chess, actually. It can mm. be quite relaxing. You've got to know an opening, though. To yeah, play that's, properly. that's a problem. Well, it depends who you're playing, though, doesn't it? <laughs> True. If neither of you know, then. Yeah. Um, right. Are you not counting touching the void? Is that not extreme sport? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> oh, is that a stretch? It's a, yeah. Well, uh, well, uh, touching the void, it would be better than Kasparov and the Machine, put it that way. Okay. Mm. And we pimp that too much anyway. <laughs> Do we want to mention football films? Um. Well, Escape to Victory. Yeah, which I still haven't seen. Yeah. You you like that one though, don't you? Well, just because I grew up on it. Yeah. In the way that I like Wildcats and I like Major League. <laughs> <laughs> I think that baseball films. Now that's the real one because there are good baseball films. All Durham. Um, 
Oh, come League on. League of their own. Yeah, uh, yeah, all day. Oh, um, eight men out about Shula Joe Jackson. That's got David Strathairn, Ray Liotta. Uh, is it Ray Liotta? Maybe. Yeah. Friday uh, Night Lights about American football. I really liked that. Mm. I thought that was quite hard hitting. American football, I think, lends itself more to documentaries, and uh, there's um, uh, the ESPN uh, forty for forty series, thirty for thirty series, is, um, has got quite a few really, really good ones on on that. Uh, yes. Right. So this week's films then preconception corner. Preconceptions. What have we got this week? We've got uh, Next Girl Wins, as we mentioned. Uh, Bad Neighbours, which is the UK title of Neighbours, because they don't want it to be confused with uh, the <laughs> soap. Yeah, because I, I, I assume when I see a, a film advertised, I assume, called Neighbours, I assume I'm going to go watch Kylie Minogue. I think that is the reason, though, isn't it? I can't think yeah. of any other reason. It's it's like the Avengers. The Avengers over here was called Marvel Avengers Assemble, because they thought that it would uh, confu- be too confusing with the uh, 60s um, Diana Rigg TV show. Dear me. <laughs> it's like, do you not think people check before... They, well, I guess they don't check before they go what they, they're going can, to can, watch. Do, would anybody, if you called it Neighbours, would anybody complain and want their money back if Guy Pierce wasn't in it? With <laughs> a cameo from Kylie <laughs> in dungarees. God, with the perm. <laughs> That's hysterical. I can't believe that. <laughs> Funnily enough, though, Bad Neighbours is a completely fine title. <laughs> <laughs> it's not messed up the end. No, no. it's not messed <laughs> it's up a, the, it's, the it's meaning. Or yeah. Uh, well, we also have The Wind, the wind Rises. The Wind well, Rises, which yes. Which finally made it to the UK. Yes, yeah. Because it, it was at Cannes last year. Venice, after the fact. Hmm. Which, which oh, was it Venice? Deal. No, it Venice, was Venice. A, a, yeah. Venice after the fact, yeah. Mm. Yes. So preconceptions about next goal wins. Well, um, all I knew was that um, it was a documentary about the world's worst football team yeah. qualifying for trying to qualify for Brazil. And when I mentioned that was all I really knew about it. When I mentioned to somebody at work uh that um I was seeing it he, he 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 said oh I've seen something about it is this the one with the with the uh cross dresser <laughs> I said I've no <laughs> idea what you're talking about mate <laughs> what are you smoking <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, so that was it <laughs> I didn't see this mm. um but I I'm not out of choice I just didn't have time yeah, yeah. um so preconceptions for bad neighbors I I liked the trailer, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, I Seth Rogen, I like. Mm-hmm. I think he's very, as we know, as we know, <laughs> he's um, appealing. Mm. Zac Efron, you liked him a lot in Liberal Arts, but I did. I, but a I, lot. Mm-hmm. I've yet to see something where I thought he was particularly great. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, Rose Byrne, I think, is pretty good. She was pretty terrible, and annoying, but apart from that, I think she's been pretty good. Mm. Uh, so I was kind of looking forward to it. Right. Um, Rogan, don't like. Not going to sugarcoat it. I just don't like him. Don't like his presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't like most of the films that he does. It's not a plus at all. Uh, Rose Byrne. Um, there are a few. There are some things where I think she's fine in. <laughs> fine in. Funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say about Kira. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but there's some things I think she's terrible in. I think she's extremely one of the most overpraised actresses 
out there. And um, goddess of sixty-seven. Oh my god! <laughs> no, but no, well, no. Her fanboys are just so obnoxious. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, um, she's not a plus. She's not a plus for me. But um, she's. Uh, I can't. She does, there's something she doesn't um, completely ruin. <laughs> Shocking. Um, F1 I did really like in Liberal Arts. I thought it was fine in um, uh, Awesome Wells, me and Awesome Wells as well. Um, so I do think the man has talent. Um, it's and I I think Dave Franco's hilarious. It was really it was the best thing by a mile about the last series of Scrubs. And um, he's um just a little. He's always a plus when whenever I see him. Okay. Alright, the wind rises, preconceptions. Well mm. I'm not a fan of um anime in general. Yeah. Um I don't like the style. I think it's um my preconception is that it um they always have the same like whenever they're smiling uh, they have the same, it's like this really open like open mouth. It just looks fake. I don't I don't get any emotion from it. And, just, and uh, when, when like when characters are laughing, it's just uh, it, it, it cartoonish is the word. But uh, I never, I don't see anything natural about it. it. I think it just heightens the artificiality of it all for me, and stops me getting lost in it. And it's like when you see these films and they have these like, absolutely stunningly beautiful backdrops, and then these really like shoddily drawn, <laughs> like literal characters. Yeah. I think I think it just I think there's just something about it that just continuously takes me out of it and prevents me from getting emotionally involved or or lost in the story, uh, because of the the visual style. So um, I, I think Spirited Away was fine. I thought it was a decent film, but but there's a lot. Whenever I see um, Miyazaki films, uh, there's like weirdness not too far around the corner. Uh, so it's not half as classy as I think it should be, in a way. Or other people think it is. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so... So, you weren't really looking forward to Trepidatious. This. Trepidatious. Thanks, Maggie G. <laughs> um, yeah, I, well, I do like Miyazaki. I'm not a huge fan of anime in general. Um, and I certainly wouldn't seek out anything that wasn't recommended to me anywhere. Mm. I mean, like cartoons, stuff like... Um, the, do you remember the Moomins? Yeah. I liked that. I thought that had kind of a strange charm, and that's yes. how I feel about... That's how I feel about the Studio uh, Ghibli films in general, is mm-hmm. that they have charm, but I don't... I do really like Spirited Away. I really yeah. like Tales Movie Castle. Um, but I'm yet to be properly wowed by one. Mm. But I... You know, I've got a lot of respect for the style of animation. I've got a lot of respect for mm. Miyazaki. So I was kind of like expecting it to be decent. Mm. Yeah. I remember um, Irini was um, at um premiere of what was one of the... Uh, Ponyo? One of the, yeah, Ponyo. And she said it was like the way she felt. She, she wasn't feeling this way, but it was as if everybody else was like at a religious event. Oh, and, right, and they're yeah. just tr- treating it, treating it with like complete awe and what have you. It's like <gasps> he's here and all this sort of stuff, and um, I don't know. It just seems a bit <sighs> over the top. Yeah, quite frankly. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so next goal wins. 
which right. well, I can't believe it's a British film. I only found that out today when I was looking, doing a little bit of research on it. Because uh, uh, it, 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 when you, oh, I'll just tell you basically what it's about, and then I'll get, I'll, I'll get into it. It's basically about the world's worst football team, uh, international football team, and so it begins with uh, American Samoa losing thirty-one nil to Australia in a World Cup qualifying match back in two thousand and one. When Australia weren't even decent. Well, they had, like, Harry Kuehl and um, Brett Emerton. So, yeah, they weren't even decent. <laughs> <laughs> but they've improved a lot in the recent years. But 31-0 yeah. to Australia, that is yeah. horrendous. This is because, that, oh, sidebar, that happened because Australia... Uh, this was why Australia wanted to um, uh, go in via... Um, uh, Asia rather than rather than Australia because uh, they they played all these nothing ridiculous games yeah. and then they had a playoff with either the fifth team in South America which is really hard which is why they never got in or uh, like one of the uh, one of the Asian sides um, the Middle East side so you, I think I remember they had a playoff against Iran they like spunked a two they spunked a two goal lead with ten minutes to go whoops. Um, so uh, this was this was set back then, and uh, it, it begins with a focus on the uh, goalkeeper uh, from, from that time, and it just basically lets you know how um, how basically uh, uh, terrible um, the, the team is, and how they've like only ever scored like, a goal a goal once, like back in before before in matches that weren't even recognised by FIFA, all, all this <laughs> all this sort of stuff, and um, it's and so it it it. it Immediately takes you into uh, seeing them going to the uh, South Pacific Games, uh, uh, which is their which is their competition that they've got that they're going to enter, and you see how basically uh, that they just they go there. They have got a guy who's literally just volunteering. He's uh, coming back from he's living in Seattle. He's coming back to just like uh, coach coach in inverted commas them, and um, they they're terrible. They they lose like eight. 8-0, 5-0, whatever, they just get completely just wipe the floor with. And after that, um, the president of the association, uh, the football, the president of the FA, uh, appeals to US soccer to try and get a bit of help because it is American Samoa. Ah, and, okay. And, so and they, so, they've got the sense of responsibility. Kind yeah. Of there. So uh, American, so US soccer uh, puts a job advert up uh it's only gonna. It's not gonna be for that long, because if you start qualifying, like it's a, it's a three-match group, basically. And then you got then the winners of the group. It's, a, it's, a, it's a four-team three-match group, and then the winners of those group, that group goes forward to the next stage. So, it's American Samoa. You're, you're gonna, you're not gonna get out of the group. So it's three. You only, it's only really three matches. One person applies, <laughs> and he is uh, a former player called Thomas Rongen, who um, Rongen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He he basically uh, he says at one point in the when he's introducing himself to the players that he played with George Best and Johan Cruyff. Right. But which, what that, but, but, but which basically means in America when they when they went over to America for the cash. Right. When they, when, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So basically, he uh, I've had a little look at his uh, his uh, history. He uh, played was Ajax youth. Never played a first team match. Then went over to America and played uh, pretty much exclusively over there. And but was a very good manager in the early days of Major League Soccer. Won the won the regular season in his foot in, in the very first inaugural. Um, I know that means I know that's the same thing. <laughs> he won. He won the regular the very season. first inaugural. He, yeah, he won the regular season in the first M- MLS. And he's also won the cup 
uh, with somebody else a few years later. But he found himself coaching like the under twenties uh, in uh, the Americas under twenties, um, and he was the only one who applied. And so it follows uh, him coming in, changing the culture, uh, and uh, t- uh, taking these guys through uh, to their qu- uh, qualifying uh, uh, campaign. Okay. And how well they do, or how badly they do. Mm. Well, when which, you... which I don't know, and I'm guessing no, you didn't know either. I didn't know, no. Um, I think I remember the 31-0. Vaguely. It doesn't. It, well, it didn't shock me when I, when I heard that. I think I, remembered, I remember that happening. Um, but this has... Um, I'm just going to say straight away, this is the best film I've seen in months. Right. Absolutely months. I really, really enjoyed this. And I enjoyed it on many levels, and the first, well, not least of which is because of how well made it is. Um, it, uh, some of the, some of the, it's, it's, it's the scenery in American Samoa. I mean, obviously, point the camera anywhere, it's going to look nice. It's a beautiful island, uh, but the cinematography is absolutely fantastic. The editing is good. It lets you know uh, background information about what's happened um, uh, quite with an economy, and so it keeps the whole thing going with a lot of drive. But the mm. best thing about the film is it has a lot. It's not just one really good natural uh, narrative. There are, there are so many stories because, but, but you, you've got this sort of like lovable losers trying. They all they want to do is score a goal. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. their their only goal is to score Never a goal. Be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so, so you've got the whole basic dynamic of this group of no hopers. They're ranked bottom. They are literally the worst team in the world. That they're the bottom of the FIFA rankings. So you've got that natural arc of where, where that story is going to go. You've also then got um, uh, this, uh, the uh, keeper who, who has nightmares. He stays up nights because of shipping 31 goals against Australia. So uh, so uh, he, he's, he's got an arc. He goes away and retires and then gets brought back into the fold, blah, 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 blah. Because that's, uh, that's what the coach does. He basically... He, as a look around to see if anybody's um, got any um, heritage grandparents, as as you do. Hello, Bertie folks. <sighs> <laughs> and um, he finds one player who, who played in like lower leagues in Germany, the lower leagues in Germany, and um, gets him in, and then persuades a couple of people who've retired to come back. So he hasn't, he hasn't, he doesn't necessarily change the whole thing. Yeah, uh, so he rallies uh, the troops, kind yeah, of. Thing. Ba- yeah, basically, basically, basically. Um, and uh, one of the players is. Uh, uh, what what they describe in the film as uh, one of Samoa's third gender, which basically means um, it, it's a transgender player. And, oh wow! Uh, uh, called uh, the coaches call call her Johnny because that's the name on the list, <laughs> but everybody else calls her Jaya. <laughs> and uh, she's a, a very very feminine and uh, long hair in the way she, way she runs as well. And uh, at one point, um, the coach actually says um, she's not. She's not even going to play a minute, but she's there to. She's, she's representing the culture. She's so important for, for, for the team. So that whole. So so you uh, you've got the arc. You've got the arc for the keeper who shipped thirty one goals in can't and, and who's actually not that bad when you see him in the games. He makes he makes some very good saves. So it's not as if you'd think if you shipped thirty one goals, you'd be absolutely terrible keeper. Yeah. Uh, but um, when they um, uh, when they went into the uh, Samoan, uh, so so the South Pacific games, you hear the commentary. And this is when before the coach had come in, and uh, it, it was when the keeper retires after this, and the actually the commentator actually said, if he if he does retire, then um, uh, uh, there's some there's some sort of like commemorative thing should, should be done for for this guy Nicky Salipu because at the end of the day, 
he, he's given everything for his country. Yeah. And, and blah, 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 blah. What's his name? Nicky Salapu, I think. Something, something like that. Okay. I mean, he was never a professional or anything, I don't, I don't think. Um, and um, so, and also, you've got um, the, the, the coach's arc as well. Because um, he's he's an interesting character, and um, him and his he brings his wife over. They lost a daughter in a car accident when she was eighteen years old, and mm. so uh, that gives them a, a, a different perspective on things um, yeah. when mm. they go over there. And the fact because uh, they they're just more in terms of just just want to give, uh, but when you see the, uh, uh, the how the co- how the off the field things affect the coach, and then how the coach affects the on the field things. It just it's just got so many natural natural really satisfying uh, arcs and they're wonderfully weaved together and you never th- it's only really at the end when they all start coming together and they all start all these like arcs all start accumulating at the same time you just think wow this this has actually got so much to it it's not it's not just one thing it's not just on one level there's so many uh, different and they're all different uh, touching um, uh, things that underpin the, the basic story yeah and it's really well made too you've got a cracking soundtrack full of like, like Funky seventies uh, stuff, James Brown and things like that. And does it? What does it come to conclusions about? I mean, the country, or is it positive? Is it quite uplifting? It is extremely uplifting, and um, the reason that the these guys were able to make the film was because obviously uh, that they wanted to, they 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 sold it to the some American Samoans on uh, we're celebrating the fact that even though you suck, you try. <laughs> 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 well, it's that everybody supports the underdog, don't they? Yeah. If if America Samoa were playing anybody apart from maybe England, yeah, they would be like, yeah, mm. come on. Mm. So mm. It, it's is it kind of celebrating that yeah. underdog uh, nature? Yeah, and also it, 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 when you hear like his his speeches to the players, um, uh, when he's when he's saying stuff like. Um, I never get. I, I never got to. I never got to play uh, an an international. I would give. I would chop off my penis to play in a World Cup qualifier for Holland. What? <laughs> it's just stuff like that. <laughs> but it's, when you put it like that, when you take Calm it devoid, down. when you devoid it of the context, no, but he's he's just trying to, he's trying to motivate them in a very unusual <laughs> way. And so, but then when you so it cuts back to him and he says like when you you're dealing with professionals, it's 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 a different thing. You 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 say. Uh, you might use monetary uh, bonuses as a motivation uh, for players, whereas with this, these guys, they t- they he says how they uh, they'll walk an hour and a half every day. They t- they train at five o'clock in the morning, go out, do their jobs, and then come back again. And that they re- retain a level of enthusiasm is just am- amazing, considering the, the the they are complete amateurs and they are literally just putting themselves out for this. Yeah, and because the amateurs that monetary thing will work as well because mm. it doesn't I, I don't believe it works in this day and age no. not for people that even no. in like the top top mm. two leagues top three mm. leagues just getting too much money mm. now and when, when, there, when there is no money how do you mo- how do you motivate the players and, and you've got to do it through national pride you've got to do it through um, um, morale saying that you, you've got you've got an opportunity that very few people actually do yeah. a, a, priv- a privilege now that sounds really good. Mm. I'm definitely going to catch up with that later yeah. in the year. It, it's in multiplexes uh, this week. Um, it was out on Friday, I believe, and uh, there weren't that many people in the one that I went to. But to be fair, it was a six o'clock showing, so it's it is just after work, mm. but on a Monday. <laughs> so I mean, but yeah, def- I def- definitely recommend it. I mean, I don't think you have to be a football fan. To, well, actually, to yeah, I saw it. a review from somebody who I know because I met him. He's not a football fan, mm. and he gave it. 
uh, B plus, mm. four stars. So mm. it's obviously got general. It's got, it's got a lot going for it because of the multiple, the multiple storylines. Be it um, uh, the uh, the social issues with the uh, the transgender player. Be it the um, the sporting uh, issues with the, with the haunted goalie, or be it the uh, personal issues with the uh, with the coach touched by tragedy, it's a, it's a it's a cracking film. Nine, nine out of ten. Excellent. <laughs> it's better is it better than anything you saw last year? No, it's not quite as good as Marius. No, no, but it's um, it's it, it's it's the best thing I've seen since then. Yeah. So a good six months. So pretty much guaranteed top ten. Oh yeah, yeah. Barring something, yeah, crazy. If I was going to compare the soundtrack to anything, it's the sort of Last King of Scotland type soundtrack. Okay, yeah, mm. that makes sense. Mm. All right, so Bad Neighbours, not Neighbours. The aptly titled Bad Neighbours. Bad Neighbours. <laughs> 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 Which is about Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, who are a couple. Yeah, they, can we just point out the, the most physically mismatched couple since since Douglas Booth and Hayley Steinfeld in Romeo and Juliet? Ouch. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> and I was going to defend Seth Rogen, but ouch on Hayley Steinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was vicious. <laughs> Saucer of milk, please. I'd, I'll tell you what, I'd rather have Seth Rogen than Douglas Booth, so... <laughs> anyway, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, with her ac- actual accent... Yeah. Um, ...are a, a couple with a new baby. Mm. Um, they live in a very suburban part of America. Um, one day, a fraternity moves in next door, led by Zac Efron. Mm. Um, and they're predictably very boisterous and uh, misbehave. Basically they get on the wrong foot with the fraternity mm. and things develop into an all out war. Yes. Yes. Uh, Zach Efron and Dave Franco are the leads of the fraternity who have a combined age of 54. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking, I mean Zach, what's Zach? 26? Something like that? Yeah, 26 and um, he's, I mean, he's calling Rogue an old man. <laughs> Oh, is Dave Franco 28? Yes! <laughs> what? I know! I would have said he was younger than Zach. I know. 85, apparently. But they're supposed to be playing 22, 21, 22? Yeah. Because it's yeah, the end. Yeah, the, but I think yeah. this, is, this is the thing. I mean, Rog- Rogan is much young, is younger than he looks. But, um. Well, no. he's like the early 30s, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you didn't, had you seen the trailer? Did we do preconceptions? Um, I don't think we did preconceptions, I think we just mentioned it last week. I saw the trailer, I didn't think it looked good. Mm. Oh yeah, we we talked about it because you talked about the condom scene. Okay. Mm. Um, well, I mean, I thought that was funny. I did think that most of the stuff in the trailer were the funniest parts of the film. Right. Like the thing with Rose Byrne telling her to keep it down. <laughs> Just the general uh, them being awkward around the kids and trying mm. to be cool and stuff. Mm. I thought that was quite funny. But there are certain things that aren't really that funny in it. Um, and some of it's quite silly and ridiculous at times. Mm. 
And I think I, I I didn't think this was a good film. I didn't like it. Uh, I don't think it was particularly funny. But I was kind of expecting it to be obnoxious, and I don't think it's obnoxious. I just I think like you say they try and go for silly, and I just don't think it works most of the time. So I don't while I don't think it's a good film, I don't have a tremendous amount of bad will towards this film uh, because it's just it's just it's. Strangely, it's it's just not that offensive. It's, it's not. Thought... It's not like a twenty-one and over with the sort of like racist and sexist and uh, overtones and what have no, you. No, definitely not. It's quite. I wouldn't say it's even-handed about the race, but mm. particularly. I think but the, the, I mean... the, the only sort of area it gets into that is is when she, she makes an out of the blue comment about the Ju- Jewish people and their mothers. Yeah, Which what was, was just, that about? Uh, it just that, that really was random. Felt very ill at ease with the rest, with the tone of the rest of the piece. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I thought it was quite good on the whole. I have to say, mm. but the things that I liked about it was the whole difficulties with responsibility that the film had to say, both about them trying to become parents and. Um, the fact that they they're the ones that are wanting to achieve the sensible aim here, like by making the neighborhood more convenient and quieter and more stable for families. And well, yet not, they're well, going on themselves. about, <laughs> and yet they're going on about it in the least mature way. Mm. So I thought that was I don't know. It's sort of like their final chance to be infantile. That's how I read it. Right, and I like that Zack's character as well is also, even though it's a bit tacked on, mm. the way the char- the way they characterise him as being dumb-ish and, mm. like, aware of that and quite insecure about it and he's not sure what he's going to do once he leaves college. So mm. I like those areas of it more than I liked some of the, the plotting to do with the infiltrating the fraternity and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, when you go and watch a film like this, you're not expecting Shakespeare. No. Quite frankly. It's more on the knocked-up lines, though, I think, than some throwaway comedy. Mm. Mm. I think, well, it's, well, knocked up, there's stuff like knocked up and the 40-year-old virgin do have better general arcs. Uh, they they try and, do try and tell more of a story, whereas with yeah. the, where the, whereas with this, I think it is more situation based in terms of the drama. So it's like, okay, fine, we, we've got the we've got these guys versus those guys. What we're going to do next? What we're going to do next? What we're going to do next? But, um, and the the it doesn't really change on that. They they just amp it up a bit more, amp it up a bit more, amp it up a bit more. Whereas with the others, there is much more of a narrative arc to it. But I mean, it's a comedy at the end of the day. Animal House doesn't necessarily have a wonderful narrative arc. It just it just <laughs> depends whether you find it amusing or not. <laughs> True. There, um, there's some bit. What did you think of the friends in it? What Lisa Kudrow? No, not Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Kudrow is in it. Lisa, is this the best role Lisa Kudrow can get? I know. Really? I was thinking that earlier. What? It's just like is this what Lisa it's Kudrow. Is this what it's come to? Because uh, no, I mean, I mean the friends, the couple. Yeah. The guy's quite funny. I think he, he's um he's good when he the the. the <laughs> The best, his best scene is when they're saying, "What's the one way that a fraternity can get guarantee a fraternity can get kicked out?" And he says, "Rape." Rape. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and he's, but it's more his reaction after that, <laughs> rather than the line itself. It's, th- yeah. it's just the stuff like where she goes into the party and suddenly she's sussed out everyone's relationships, and it's like how? Yeah. And yeah. the fact that they get into the party because he's got weed. I mean, they, how much weed must they have? They must be like. They'd have a grow house, surely. Exactly. But where's Mary Louise Parker? <laughs> it's just things like that I felt was a bit the screenwriting just was a bit lazy yeah I don't know who did this actually it wasn't same guy did the it? Muppets Stoller mm. okay he also did the five year engagement yeah and uh, <laughs> I looked up earlier um, some, oh, uh, fun with Dick and Jane the Jim Carrey oh god yeah really? exactly yeah to mix back, indeed. Uh, I I thought it was really watchable, and well, therefore I'm willing to give it more goodwill. And I do think that it has things to say about growing up, and mm. I think it's more than your average, you know, silly war war of. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Bride wars. Trying well, this to think is the thing. Monster-in-law. I think it tries to go for certain things in certain situations. So when he's like milking Rose Byrne, that's that's trying to go for the gross out. Um, that's the scene you expect in something like American Pie, an American Pie type film. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what this film is at, uh, at all. So this is kind of my problem. Uh, uh, they sort of have the basic set, the basic setup. That's all they really go for, and then it, the approach outside of that is a little bit scattergun. Even though in the main it is just. Um, sort of silliness of um, the, the dis- disparity between the, uh, the two. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I'm giving this two stars. It's a two star film. I, I, I think it's below average because I just didn't find any of it amusing. So if I've got a comedy and I don't find any of it funny, that's really or just the odd the odd thing here or there, you know? <laughs> chuckle worthy. Uh, three out of ten, I think. Okay, I'm gonna give it B minus. Wow, that, that positivity didn't that last long, did it? What? <laughs> My nine out of ten. It didn't, did it? <laughs> really didn't. No, I'm gonna give it B minus. It's a lowish B minus, but I do think it's above average for a comedy. Mm. Generally, for definitely for a mainstream comedy, anyway. But right. Okay. So the wind rises. Right, so The Wind Rises, I'm telling you about this one. Um, film of the week. Film of the week, yeah. <laughs> um, no, and this was this was doing pretty brisk business um, in the showing I went to for a, for a, for a eight to, uh, past 8 o'clock on a Monday night. It's done um, really big business worldwide. What, 120, $120 million in Japan. Mm. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Um, mind you, when you look at like... Um, uh, Murakami. He sold like a million copies of his book like that. Did he? Yeah. Well, the last one, the last novel, it was just an instantaneous sellout. Stare. They did. They did go. They did go mad for stuff. Yeah. So this is a uh, biopic of sorts, uh, following uh, a young lad who has dreams of being a uh, plane aut- or aeronautical engineer. Designing planes for you for people like you and me, and uh, it follows uh, his uh, growth through the profession 
alongside uh, a burgeoning relationship with a girl who he uh, rescues during the 1923 earthquake. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, Shall we start with the love story? I just think it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's so lovely. <laughs> the forest scene, especially. I can I see you was, going doughy eyed as we I just want to melt. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think? <laughs> um, I wasn't moved by it. I did, I wasn't as moved, or I I think I should be have been moved by it, but I just wasn't. Or it's it not. Think- the, it's not the. It's not the most you know emotional I've ever seen. No. It's it's but but I I did think it was incredibly sweet, mm. and it's especially with the umbrella at the end. I just thought it was oh, mm. just lovely little symbolic things in it. Um. With the wind rising at the end, like having a very spiritual element to it as well. Mm. Which, because this film isn't that spiritual in general, I wouldn't say. No. As much compared to his other films. Mm. Um, for me, I think they ditch it for too long. I think they they focus on the uh, career. Yeah. Um, at the expense of it, and I think if there was more of a balance, it would hit home more when they go in in those directions at the end. Mm. And it's yeah, all yeah. it kind yeah. of felt it kind of felt to me at the end. It's like she's there, and he's just like, I get why you would still go to work and just try and keep it normal, but staying at work all night <laughs> is is really pushing it a bit, given the situation that they find themselves in. Yeah. Um. So that I think that kind of takes away from the emotion uh, for me. Just, but then again, that's, that might have been that might very well have been how the guy actually was. So, it's a very, I mean, it's a very strange, it's an, an old-fashioned story, and it's quite. It's, adult. it's, aus, it's austere. It's it's very adult. adult yeah. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't for kids. No, and it's it's rare that it's still rare, still unusual that you get a serious story told via animation. Aim sold it. Yeah, aim a, a, a serious cinema and B aimed at um, adults. Yeah, so, solely. You've got like Ari Fullman, people like Ari Fullman. Yes. Um, what was that Richard Linklater one? A Scanner Darkly. Yeah, things like that, which is, but you don't really get it a lot, and mm. I think it's kind of strange. I mean, I don't think it makes a difference to me. Like it, does, that, yeah. it doesn't make it. It doesn't make it less serious because it's an animation. It doesn't make it more serious. I don't know. I just think it's, it's just strange to watch. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is the sort of thing that would, might well be a. Merchant Ivory type film. Yeah, if, if you're doing it, yeah. if you're doing it as a live ver- live ver- live anime, uh, a non animated film. Yeah, yeah. But uh, how do you feel about the the dream sequences? Because it are they because they do inform him. I think it sort works. of like the gravity thing, but yeah, then I, I think it works at the beginning. Yeah, to get across his uh, obsession to get uh, with with the. With the plane to get across uh, how he the just... ambition and the passion. Yeah, I think um, I think it works. I think it would work more in the realm of fantasy rather than literal dreams. Um, if I think it would work more, because sometimes it's like daydreaming, but most of the time it's suddenly cut to him and he's asleep, and then he wakes up and he's that's exactly what he's literally been dreaming. You mean like if he was more like a guardian angel kind of thing? 
Well, no, no, no. It's just like if he if you just saw him, I don't know, um, on the side of a hill, and then suddenly, then he goes into that, and then you don't have it cut to him waking up. <laughs> if you mm. actually just just had him like to sort of shake his head and snap out of it, when you could just see that this is what he's thinking about, rather than what rather what he's literally dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, what what do you think about the um the backdrop then, the which is sort of like the real point, the sort of intellectual point of the film about the plans. Yeah, I I and, and their uses and I and... think it's wonderful. I mm. think it's the best part of the film. I really love that he seems genuinely sad at times when he realizes that the main function of plants has changed. Um, to be about war and about destroying things and it's like the magic of them have gone for him yeah and i think it's an incredible moment i like it uh, the, i liked the this is probably the the moment in the film i liked the most was when he's when he's got his revolutionary new design and he says we can we can make it work with the way if we don't have any guns <laughs> yeah yeah and it was i don't know if it's making a, a point about the whole nuclear thing or not oh, i think oh, i think it's uh, it, it's there because it's before that isn't it it is before that but it's where it's going yeah and it eventually bites them mm. in, in the ass it's the problem with being always being i think that's what they're going for when they say we're 20 years behind we're close even if you close the gap by five years you still you still fight you're still 15 years behind all that sort of thing yeah, I think that's what they mean when when they're talking about the German technology and uh, they're just scrabbling around to get a piece of it. Mm. Yeah, it it's I do think the film's too long. Mm. Yeah, it, it really but, is. But maybe about twenty minutes. Mm. Um, but it, it does have some really great sequences with the earthquake. I thought it looked really great. Anything action oriented, actually, I just thought it was. Really interestingly done. Um, the moment I liked in the earth, the moment I liked in the earthquake was when he looks down at the rail, the rails, and he just sees the stone shaking. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. There are some. There are some nice moments. I just, to be frank, I was just bored shitless for most of it. It is. Yeah, it's dull at times. Yeah, it is dull at times. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a terrible. It's not. If it's it's not. Uh, sort of technical criticism it's just my personal reaction to it I was I was really uninvolved with the basic I was just thinking what was the because I was thinking well what's the basic story that you're telling me you're just making a point about planes and their their applications and what have you fine that's all very well and good but surely the heart of this film is the romance and you're just showing me him redesigning a plane and then going to Germany trying to get parts to redesign a plane or (laughs) Trying to look at a plane, I, <laughs> you got him dreaming about planes. <laughs> it's, yeah, so it's, where's Leo DiCaprio? <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of yeah. I, th- I think that Miyazaki's style as well probably doesn't lend itself to biopics because he's very patient, and you get lots of empty scenes, and you get lo- you don't get a whole lot of dynamic filmmaking. No, and when and that. Is, it requires a lot of patience, especially when it's about about a topic you don't and that, really know that that's, well. That's sort of, and when it does come, um, it's more in the terms of when it does go weird, and uh, that does happen a few times uh, within 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 this. 
and um, I don't think the tone is held um, throughout. Uh, sort of that, that sort of um, bombastic eeriness, for lack of a better term, when, when, uh, doesn't sit well for me with the sort of like what would be the Merchant Ivory type um, approach to uh, some of the rest of it. It doesn't fit. It doesn't sit well with it's it, an unclassy sore thumb. In a, in, a, in a sea of classiness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I'm i on the BB plus range, but mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a B until I see it again, mm-hmm. which I may do in several, several years. I'm, yeah. not, in, I'm not in a rush to see it again. I thought you I liked did... it from, from, from where you're talking, I thought you liked it more than that. The, well, no, I do think it's too long and dull. Mm-hmm. For yeah. parts, but mm. like at, at the same time, someone with more patience might, might yeah. find it better. So, I, yeah, I, I think it's on the same level for me as Spirited Away and House Moving Castle. Right. It's just a different, it's just more serious. Mm. So it's B. Yeah, it's, um, it's too, it's too unengaging for me to say this is an average one, so it's a, it's a disappointing four out of ten for me because I've got I've got to go to two stars, just on my reaction to it. So because when it saw when it was supposed to soar, it fell flat on its face for me. That's an interesting analogy. It got stuck. It got stuck in the quagmire of mediocrity <laughs> of sub of sub mediocrity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So we're going to talk a bit about biopics. Oh, and, oh, just and, and all of my preconceptions about the style, and uh, just came true. I don't think I think the style exacerbates the problems of the film. It's not for you, is it? No, it really isn't. Yeah. Okay, biopics. We're going to talk about. Yes. Also, this is this is um, his swan song as well. Allegedly, well, he's apparently he's retired like seventeen times. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. This is Soderbergh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so, biopics. Fire away. Best biopic you've ever seen in your life. Ooh. Well. Depends. <laughs> oh, God. If you mean about a person or just a true life story. True about a person. Specific one person person? Yeah. Okay. I will go... Well, there's, I'll just rattle off a few then. So, I, I'm then... Therefore, I am... Not gonna say Chariots of Fire because that's about two people. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say uh, Judgment in Nuremberg because that's more of a historical situation. Yeah. I'm not gonna say Lion and Winter because that's about a shitload of people. Although you just said all three. Mm. <laughs> so what's the, what's your favourite? Uh, so I'm not saying I'm just I'm mentioning them without mentioning them. If you see what I'm doing. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing Das Boat. And I'm not doing Great Escape because those are again situations as well. Um, as is Dog Day Afternoon, which leaves me with a top three. Wow! <laughs> Excellent. Okay, which, so let's which, do, let's go three to one. I oh, haven't fully it's researched in, this, but it's, it's I don't, in no order for me. But whatever. Okay, I don't. I'm not hugely a fan of biopics. I'll mm. be honest, because I think they tend to skate over a lot of stuff that and um, look for easy ways out in the script. Okay, you asked for digressions. Can I, can I just give you one then? I was actually thinking about this the other day. I remember years ago, 
I was um, I saw criticism. I was saying how good I was online. I was on a message board, and I was saying how great two thousand and four was for cinema. I think I think I think I think it's a wonderful year. I think there's at least three stone cold ten out of tens for me. I F- think it's y- great too. Yeah. yeah. F those ones for me are like before sunset, um, yeah. innocent voices, and two or four six. But there's a load of night, there's a load of stuff. My whole top ten is at least is five stars. I mean, The Incredibles, it just makes it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, um, and I saw someone criticising the year and saying, "No, it's not a good year because it, it, it's all it's all performance pieces. It's all bio. It's all every single film. The main." Uh, focus of interest is the performance so not really no or, or performances there's some great performances yeah there are some great performances so I suppose if you would think the aviator he he, he, he would have been saying well that's just a, that's just a Leo, Leo Leo in a biopic or if you said uh, 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 the scene psych well it's just Bardem in a performance piece he, he didn't he, he didn't that was for him the main thing so my point so my my question then would be uh, does being first and foremost a performance piece detract from the cinematic value of a film? No. Mm. And I'd argue that if it was a good performance piece, it wouldn't. Because mm. it's you can't just take over a film. Unless, well, unless you're Robert De Niro and Reggie Bull, but you can't just take over a film and suddenly negate all the aspects of that film and mm. I, I think it's it can be both I mean it's all about the it's all about the complete package would you say sideways is performance piece for Paul Giamatti no, I wouldn't say it's a performance piece for anyone no no would say it's an ensemble and it's a and it's a great, it's, piece, of, great piece of writing as well yeah yeah I would I would same with Vera Drake Staunton is excellent but it's about the ensemble for me it's not just a one-woman show. Mm. So, and when we talked about Clean last week. And that's two thousand and four as well. And well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, we agree that filmmaking's yeah almost as good as her. Yeah, yeah. Maria, full of grace. You've got as well. Downfall. Downfall. Um, Eternal Sunshine's a lot more than Winslet. It is. Yeah, that's a, that's a style piece, really. That that really is a director's film that happens to have a great performance in it. Also, nobody knows um, a director's film very much as well mm. with a great performance. <laughs> mm. No, I mean I'm not. I'm not even looking at my 2004 lists or anything like that. I mean, there's just there are just so many. I mean, 2046 is not a performance piece for Tony Lung. It's just not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Saraband. Is- Saraband is is an actor's piece, but. It's more of a, it's it's more Bergman, exploring his themes, and then the actors just happen to be brilliant while they're doing that for him. Mm. Julia Dufvenius, haven't mentioned her on the podcast. Podcast virgin. <laughs> <laughs> what who? What's she in? She's in Saraband, and uh, she plays the daughter. And basically, cause the thing is, Saraband, and another digression for you, a digression within a digression. Uh, Saraband. Um, is ostensibly a sequel to Scenes from a Marriage. Yeah. Because you go, you, you see Liv Ullman and Erlen Josephson 30-whatever years later. And the beauty of it is, that's not what the film's about at all. That's not even the main point of the film. That is just the uh, pretext that he used, that Bergman uses, to get to the thing that he's really interested in, which is the relationship between Bergman's son 
and uh, Bergman, uh, it's, it's between Josephson's son and Josephson's granddaughter. And uh, oh, okay. that is all Bergman might, this, uh, the son's lost his wife and he's left with the daughter and so he's pushing all the, all the, uh, all of his, he's living vicariously through her, he's stifling her, all this sort of stuff, he can't get over his wife's death and that is all Bergman and where he was at that point of his life when his wife of 30 years had, uh, died and left him shattered. Mm. And no, uh, Defenius is absolutely, that, supporting actress in 2004 is so great. You've got, Zhang Zi, you got all the you got all the two two four six girls, you got uh, Gong Li and Eros, Duvenius. She would be in the best of the decade conversation for me. She's that good. Wow, mm. isn't that a TV thing though? It was allegedly. There's a longer version, so the theatrical cut I, uh, apparently is cut down from a longer, like four hour version. I think. And what are we thinking about Seeds from Marriage? Because I haven't seen it. Is that cinema? Is it theatrical? Yes, because it's a different cut. And is it 64? Uh, 74? Or 73? Uh, I think I have it in 73. Okay. Off the top of my head. Because there was that whole thing in 74, the yeah. the petition. Yeah, Ellen Burstyn said she wanted Ullman to be eligible. Yeah, eventual winner. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, so... Anyway, so biopics. Yes, <laughs> So, um, yeah, number three. Come on, let's go. Okay, first one I'm going to mention is the one you just did, Raging Bull. Okay. Mm. Easy. I've, Easy I've put mine, yeah. I, it's wonderful, but I haven't got that in mind because I just thought of three and I'm ha- quite happy with the three. Cool. So, I don't, we, we've talked about Raging Bull before. We don't need to yeah, yeah. that one, do we? I just want to quickly mention, it's only like a four-star film for me, mm. but I just want to mention Creation. Right. I don't think you particularly like this. I just I thought it was average. Very yeah, average. I just, well, For me. Yeah, I just thought it was really, really well made. And mm. I thought that Bethany was really very good. Mm. So, I, And it's kind of underappreciated in general. And well, it's not think, overappreciated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say it's overappreciated. <laughs> and Charles Darwin's a really interesting figure in history. Mm. I quite like Bethany when he's playing in this and in uh, Master and Commander. Master and Commander, he's so good in Master and Commander. Yeah, when he's playing, um, quite restrained intellectual. Well, no, because he plays him. He's about researching animals and functions, isn't he? Mm. In Master and Commander. Mm. I, I don't know what you call it. Creation? No. Well, he's, 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 flung, he's flopping around the Galapagos. He's, he's basically doing what Darwin did. Yeah, <laughs> but what was Darwin? Uh, natural scientist? Natural scientist, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. In the way that Yaya Toure is a natural midfielder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Be thankful I didn't say Zola. That's all I can say. (laughs) Dorothy just said Zola. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next biopic. Um, the pianist. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, again, perform. You could say it's a performance piece, or you could just say it's a, a fantastic film. Um, staggeringly moving. Um, impeccably made. Um, perfectly judged performances and uh, tone. Even when it, especially when it goes to the, when Spielberg, 
in Schindler's List. Um, when just tried to push it a bit too much with this, it just sort of the terror sort of naturally comes out of the. Uh, just, it, it, when it comes out of the blue, it just it feels more natural. Like with the uh, with the with the scene where the uh, uh, the Nazis raid the uh, apartment opposite, and what happens there is just absolutely horrendous. But it doesn't feel like um, you're having your buttons pushed by the by the by the filmmakers. Yeah, I mean it's it's sort of like Polanski Schindler's List. Oh, absolutely. But, but I mean, I don't know. I I think it's better than Schindler's List, but mm. I do like Schindler's List. Because it is Spielberg pushing buttons, because he never pushes buttons. Mm. He always kind of does what you expect. So I yeah. do like it, like Schindler's List, because it's Spielberg being kind of ballsy. But it's very ballsy for him with Ray Fiennes. Yeah, but I, I don't like the cine- some of the cinematography in Schindler's List. No, I, I don't think like it... the black and white stuff. It's quite jarring. I just was put I think off a bit. My, the the one thing that knocked because Schindler's List I think is a five star film, but what it's knocked a great it, film. What knocked it down from a te- it was a ten of mine for years, uh, but what knocked it down to a nine was on a rewatch. I think he does push it, try and amp it up too much at the end. Mm, yeah. Um. Okay. My number two is Boogie Nights. Mm. Um. This is a biopic, right? I don't think anything is fictional, isn't it? I thought he is it. I think it's a fictional biopic. If it's based kind of on real people, oh, just okay. say star. Say, say, say Are you going to say Star Eighty as your number one? I could say no. I wasn't going to. Okay, we'll say Star Eighty then. Okay, I'll say Star Eighty. <laughs> we talked about Star Eighty before. Actually, this also counts for Swan Songs because it's <laughs> Fosse Swan Song. <laughs> so <laughs> Star Eighty, Dorothy Stratton, who mm. was eventually um, killed by her lover. Mm. Uh, and this is the story of their relationship. And Eric Roberts is amazing. Golden Globe nominee. <laughs> yeah, that was that was about it. You've seen this, haven't you? Yes, extraordinary. I I I think I'm not in love with the film, but Roberts is that is a committed performance. Yeah, I mean, definitely that's, from that, the gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, no. I mean, he he just he goes all out for it. I mean, whether whether you think it's perfectly judged or not doesn't really matter. I mean, I mean, it's he's got he's he's going for that one. Yeah, completely. Mm. And I I think Hemingway's perfectly good in it as well. Mm. Well, Hemingway's the the only Woody Allen film I actually well for years it was the only Woody Allen film I really liked. Um, Manhattan. I think she's really wonderful in that as well. Yes, yes. I would have given her it of a Meryl. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> So would have Woody. Too easy, too easy. <laughs> She's so young in that, though. Oh, my God. Foreshadowing much? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Number one. <laughs> what is it number two? Have you done the number two? I, uh, my number two is the pianist. Yeah, number one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with JFK as a biopic of the dis- uh, district attorney of... Uh, New Orleans, Jim Garrison. Okay, well that's not cheating. Well, okay. <laughs> I did think of JFK, and I know it's not a biopic of JFK, but I guess it is a biopic of. Well, see, I could discount Thirteen Days because it's not a biopic of JFK. It's just a situation that that'd be another situation one. Yeah, well, no, fair enough. Mm. Stick with JFK. 
But yeah, I mean, outrageous with the truth, but it doesn't matter because it's not a documentary at the end of the day. It's supposed to be entertainment and uh, it's uh, some of the... Like Titanic. <laughs> what, what, the, uh, the Barbara Samick one? <laughs> not seeing that. Is it even? Is it really ridiculous? You know what? It's totally average, totally average. But the final like act. So obviously, when the iceberg hits, yeah, you've just got the siren going continuously, and I don't mm. think there's any. I think that I don't, as I recall, there's no score, and they just the siren just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, and it's really affecting. You probably got a best sound nomination. Yeah, it probably did, but it's. Um, uh, I think it might have got a score actually. Have you um, seen the unsinkable Molly Brown? No. <laughs> the Titanic takes up five minutes of the unsinkable Molly Brown, so don't watch it for that. Uh, but oh. no, um, yeah, Jack. I, um, the set, some of the set pieces are just—it's a masterclass in editing, an absolute masterclass in editing. Yeah, agree. And it's fascinating. It's a fascinating story. It's fascinating theories to it. And what I like about it is what I sometimes don't like about a film. This gives you a film in the style of its, sub- of its subject. So when you've got all these weird, weird, fantastical theories being presented, they're presented in a way which is what the characters, which add into the characters' uh, paranoia and beliefs and what have you. And sometimes I don't. I think that doesn't work with films. I don't think it worked in I'm Not There, where you just had a film that was random and impenetrable, and to underscore the point that Bob Dylan was random and uh, uh, impenetrable. Yeah. Uh, you've just got a random impenetrable film. Whereas with this, you've got a film that um, uh, it's it it. it I suppose it purely comes down to if you think it's actually trying to convince you that that's the truth or not. I, if you don't think it is trying to convince you that that's the truth, then it's then it's just it's just very playful. Mm. Well, I'm going to mention a film mentioned quite a lot, but we really like it, so it's mm. The Hours. Oh, okay. Uh, which is... A third of a biopic. <laughs> a third of a biopic, yeah. Um, which is <laughs> a Virginia Woolf, uh, which is just great. I don't, we keep mentioning the score, we keep mentioning Delaney. and um, Yeah, Delaney. Oh, it, it's a beautiful performance. And just the general excellent acting in it and it's the impact- first eight minutes of direction. Yeah. Just awesome. Yeah. I mean... Never gets old. No, I, 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 we watched it quite recently and uh, yeah, it's a super film. And Ed Harris And the voiceover, it. Kidman's voiceover as well. It's just mm. so good. Have I, have I, um, I think I have talked about this before. It's just that um, the uh, in the book, the train station scene is nothing. So this is one of the best yeah. adaptations you'll ever see, of, uh, because it's it's extraordinarily faithful for ninety five percent of the film, and then the five percent that it differs, it does so to make it better, to take a scene that's nothing and make it the biggest scene in the film. Mm. Mm, marvelous. So that's we'll get the the positive Kidman out of the way before Grace and Monica in a few weeks. Funny. <laughs> Preconceptions. Much. Um, okay. <laughs> Shaq, Mario, Kill. Right, I've got my three. Uh, so, I, this is... Oof. Yeah. 
You've got a tough one here, haven't you? Yeah, even though I think it's better, I'm going to kill The Wind Rises because I, would, I wouldn't it. want to watch it again right now, and I could watch Bad Neighbours again right now. So I'm going to shag Bad Neighbours, uh, marry, uh, obviously marry uh, Next Goal Wins, and uh, kill The Wind Rises. Ouch. I'm going to obviously shag Next Goal Wins. Mm. The problem now I have is... I also don't want to marry the wind rises, <laughs> but I don't want to kill it. So yeah. I'm going to have to do the honourable thing here and, and marry it. <laughs> the the honourable thing and become a Mormon <laughs> and have multiple wives. <laughs> I'm going to do the honourable thing. I'm going to marry the wind rises because mm. it's a better film. I think the because it's a maiden is... that still has its honour intact. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to kill bad neighbours. Okay. Someone's got to. <laughs> okay, um, Watson Factor. Right. She's been, well, she's been saved a little bit here, hasn't she? Well, next goal, yeah, next goal wins, um, uh, the only woman, uh, in it is, um, the coach's wife. So, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> in The Wind Rises, the only people are, um, animated and they're not Jessica Rabbit. So, no. And uh, Bad Neighbours, uh, Rose Byrne is a sort of... I'm going to... Soldana situation, though. Whoa! Just because Sold- I... What, you because, don't think she's very good? Yeah, well, no, I don't think she's good, no. But um, it's, 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 it's that. It's because I don't think she's good. It sort of always deters me from thinking, oh, my God, she looks amazing. So... Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone else in this film? <laughs> uh, there's the friend with the annoying voice. Yeah, and then there's the the one that comes, pardon the pun, comes between Franco and um, <laughs> no, we'll just let we'll just let Watson sleep easy tonight and give a Watson factor. What's my second one in a week in a row? Did I give yeah, one but last week? That's just because next week's going to be epic. <laughs> um, the poopo range. Not for her. <laughs> the poopo range. Um, we have. Next goal wins, Mike, I don't know. Would it have seen any? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Do they all look like Jonah Lomu? No, um, they kind of look like, um, with longer hair. <laughs> okay, that's a no then. Mm. Um, Wind Rises, obviously no. And Bad Neighbours, Seth is... Melville, come on. Seth is a no. Thank you. What about, Dave, what about, Dave usually Franco is, Dave Franco is a no. Usually Efron's a no for you. What about Abercrombie, uh, Zac Efron though? Well, hold on. Efron was a yes in Parkland. Oh yes, 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 yes. And he's a yes here because come on. <laughs> it's, I feel terrible. I feel terrible about this because it is very shallow. It's shallow. It's a shallower range. It's shallow. Unusual. It's shallow, and poor Melville was wearing dresses in your in the baseline that you're using. Yeah, but we're talking about the first 570 minutes where he doesn't wear a dress. <laughs> so, no, it's it's a, it's a 2.0 on the range, and Melville's, you know, you need to, to watch. You need to watch Les Sentiments, which is uh, Natalie by Isabel Carey. And Melville, who comes in and he does some shirtless wood chopping. 
Oh, does he? Yes. I tell you what, <laughs> since we're nearing the hundredth episode, yeah. why don't we change it? Why don't we change the people? The baseline. Oh, okay. For someone that week? Yeah, and start new segments. We could do. <laughs> it would have to be somebody quite... It would have to be somebody decent, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it can't be someone amazing. Otherwise, you just going to say one every week. Yeah. So, like, if it's, like, Paula Patton, then we're screwed. Or if it's Matthias Schoenarts, then just game over. Just why have the segment? Up. Just give up. It's going to be someone nice, but not usually, usually your type, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. We'll okay, see. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see who's that. around that week. Yeah, in week hundred. Mm. Okay. Um, we have a website. It's moveforpodcast.com, where you can check out all of the segments we're talking about and uh, our including, shallow... including the ones we want to destroy. <laughs> yes, our shallow assessments of people. And, um, and um, yeah, and the, yeah. then the Watson factor as well. Bitch. <laughs> 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 And um, you can check out all our reviews and you can check out all of our disagreements mm. uh, in various episodes. Mm. Um, and there on is Twitter, a, and at Move Podcast. If, if there is Facebook, a, in the Move Podcast. Oh, shut up, you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've never said this one, but it's, the, the other thing is with our website, on the right-hand side, uh, there is a search option. So if you uh, if you just can think about any film over the last two years that you saw and, and w- would be interested in uh, uh, hearing us talk about, type it in. We 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 probably reviewed it and we will uh, have seen it. And it will then take you to every single uh, page where that every single one that that's mentioned in. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So if you put in I don't know the Grandmaster, you might uh, find about three or four different ones. It will be on one of those. Or about. Or a film that people care about. <laughs> <laughs> or you can type in Keira Knightley or Emma oh my Watson God. and they're in pretty much a lot of it. Don't type in Emma Watson. Especially the early days. Don't type in Emma Watson. <laughs> we'll see. It might not be that many. Type mm. in Emma Watson. Right. Do you have a jam? I do. It's Tinash uh, with a silent E mm. and it's called Two On. Right, mine it's quite is, filthy. Really, mm. mine is not filthy. It's called Folly Club, and it's by The Wooden Birds. Excellent. Mm. Okay, so next week we have Double Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, oh, love, just, just game over. In, <laughs> That'll um, do. I'm there. <laughs> Sold. In, in 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 secret, which is the newly titled Teresa Rakeen film, yeah. and Godzilla, which also stars. My favourite actor in the history of the world. Juliette Binoche. What? And... Uh, I keep on forgetting that, blanking that from my memory. Oh, I rewatched Certified Copy the other night. God, how many films have you rewatched? Lately? A lot. <laughs> uh, we also have Vigo next week. In oh, I heard about this. The Two Faces of January. So is this going to be another evil twin film? Oh, I don't know. It sounds quite juicy, though. Because... And it's not about January Jones, thank God. She's not it. <laughs> She's not a bitch in it. <laughs> Waking in the rubble, walking over glass. Neighbors say we're troubled. Well, that time has passed. Peering from the mirror, no, that isn't me. 
The stranger getting nearer Who can this person be? You. 